Welcome to What's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're gonna to be doing a few case updates. Nick Cordova, Chad Daybell, little baby Evelyn, and Suzanne Morphew. I'm also gonna talk a little bit about Colby Ryan, Marshall Owasa, and more. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below, hit that notification bell to all. Also, please give this video a like and share this out where you can. Now, let's get into it. First, let's talk about Nick Cordova. It's been six months since Nick's been killed at his business in Gilbert, Arizona. He was video chatting with his children when the worst thing that could ever happened happened. He was killed. And thankfully, his kids did not witness it, but Nick did not survive it. I will put a link in the description box below so that you can take a look at Nick's case. His killers are still out there. And recently in the news, there was an interview with Alicia Cordova, Nick's wife, and also with Nick's sister. Nick's sister said, he was my guy figure growing up, the man who was supposed to walk me down the aisle when and if I ever got married. He was just supposed to be there. Nick's wife, Alicia, said, it really makes reality set in a little bit more that this is real life and he's not just on a vacation and he's not going to be home and he's not going to be here for things that he should be here for. Now, the family is offering a $10,000 silent witness reward for justice for Nick. And you can call silent witness at 480-948-6377 or for Spanish speakers, 480-T-E-S-T-I-G-O. I will have that in the description box below. You can also leave an anonymous tip on the silent witness website at silentwitness.org. I'm also gonna play the surveillance video of a man who has yet to be identified. And interestingly, this individual gassed up his vehicle just after, just minutes after Nick was killed. Please watch closely and please share this video. And Alicia says, a little sliver of peace, knowing that whoever did this is going to be punished. They're going to pay for what they did. And there's a familiar face in this investigation, Rich Robertson, a private investigator who we actually know from the Lori Vallow Daybell case. He was investigating Alex Cox and we've seen him in a few interviews. He says that six months feels like a long time, but detectives have to be meticulous with evidence. He says, you have to make sure it's done right and that all of the I's are dotted and T's are crossed before you make a recommendation of charging. There's a high burden of proof that the prosecutors have, so they have to make sure that they have all of the evidence they need to make a case. And he says, and since we still don't know who the suspects are, the community could play a big role in finding answers. He says, people think that law enforcement has the ability to enter all of this information into a massive computer that suddenly spits out the picture and biography of the person who's in the picture. He says, and that just isn't a reality. And you do need public assistance at times to identify 
who those people are. And things as simple as being aware of Nick's case, that's huge just to keep Nick's name out there because somebody knows something, somebody saw something, even if it was at that gas station. And that's important. No matter how small something is, you might think it's not a big deal, but really it ends up being a huge deal. Now, Alicia also said in that interview that it's a daily struggle, we're just living a nightmare. And Nick and Alicia have two adorable children and this Christmas will be without their daddy and their entire lives now will be without their daddy and they've been without their dad for the last six months. Same goes for Alicia. They were left with a nightmare and now they're just trying to live their lives as best they can daily without him. I'm also going to drop a link in the description below for their GoFundMe as well. And a little update too on this case. Nick had a silent partner named David Sweetman. And David, just a few months ago, actually reached out to me via email and wanted to talk to me. I responded and I did a follow-up email, but I have no response back. He actually emailed me from his Gilbert Air email, so I do know it's him, but I haven't heard back from him. So David, if you are watching, then please reach out to me. I'm open to having a discussion. I'm sure it's not easy to continue the business without Nick. From my understanding, he was a great asset to the community and the business. And also from my understanding, he turned that business around in a very short amount of time. And also, I understand that you were actually in the business that day that this horrible event occurred. So my door is open. You can reach me again at it's a crime and a shame at gmail.com or just do a little search on your computer and you can see that my email has popped up. Next, let's talk about Colby Ryan. He actually put out a video yesterday on Thanksgiving, which is November 26, 2020. And I'm gonna also leave that link in the description below so you guys can take a look at it. He talks about being grateful and maybe helping other people who have lost someone as well. He says he regrets not talking to Charles before he died. And he says, stop wasting time on everything else. And he says, just come from a place of love and experience joy. And he says, just enjoy that time with your family and your loved ones because you just never know, which is so very true. He just speaks from the heart and it's quite amazing to see such a young man talk in this manner. Like he's really had to grow up in a lot of ways, hasn't he? But he really gets it. So please go and give some love over to Colby and watch his video. And speaking of that case, we are going to talk about Chad Daybell. He was supposed to be in court on Tuesday, November 24th, just a few days ago, for a change of venue hearing as well as a motion to dismiss, but that hearing was vacated. Now, earlier this month, Lori and Chad's cases were joined together, but the trial was actually pushed out now to July of 2021. Next, we're going to talk about Marshall Awasa. I recently posted a video on missing Canadian Marshall Awasa. It was his one year anniversary since his disappearance. And it's a strange case, but I have been digging into some information on it. And I found a couple of things that's been standing out to me. Marshall was last seen in Lethbridge, Alberta, and then his torched truck was found five days later 14 hours away in a different province in just north actually of Pemberton, British Columbia, 
on a forest service road. There's some very peculiar things happening, no sign of Marshall at all, and even by cadaver dogs, no sign. And there was a little piece of information that really I'm super intrigued and curious about, which is the 800 hours he spent on his computer. It was on a game. Now, Marshall was a software developer. And one of the things that stood out was just a short time prior to his disappearance, there was actually a convention that took place in Banff, Alberta, which is only a couple hours west of Calgary. Now, this convention is quite interesting because it says 102 incredible games industry creators and developers in the speaker lineup. And it talks also that it was three days worth filled to the brim with absolutely great talks and panels. So stay tuned for that. This actually occurred on October 30th to November 1st, just over two weeks before Marshall went missing. And stay tuned for more of that. But if you want me to actually do a separate video on that and dig a little deeper and show you what I've found, please let me know in the comments below and hit that like button so I know that you guys are interested in seeing more of that. Next, Cecily Aguilar in the Vanessa Guillen case. A federal judge actually delayed the trial for Cecily once again, and she actually is scheduled now for 9 a.m. on January 19th. Her rearrangement where she can choose to change or keep her plea of not guilty is set for January 5th. And if she continues to maintain her innocence, then the jury selection will begin before the trial on January 19th. The judge actually ordered the trial to be reset again following a request by Cecily Aguilar's defense team for extra time to prepare for their case. She's actually charged with three felony counts of conspiracy to tamper with evidence. Now, the U.S. attorney, Mark Frazier, actually said in the July hearing that she had that she not only helped Specialist Robinson dispose of Vanessa's remains, but also she deleted Google accounts belonging to her and Robinson as a way to get rid of evidence. Also, Cecily called someone from jail who was not in, identified in court and asked them to delete her Facebook page. And now if she's convicted, she could face up to 20 years in prison with a maximum fine of $250,000. Now, speaking of postponement, Megan Fieramuska in the Heidi Broussard case, that has postponed again. Stay tuned for that. And we have little Evelyn Boswell. I did touch on her case a little bit ago. It was her second birthday on November 21st and they actually had a celebration of life. There was a group who supports Evelyn and had a little celebration. The group is called Evelyn's Army and they were prompted to launch a movement that could spread positivity and love in the name of Evelyn. The person says, her name is Candace Cook. She says, it touched me especially because I have a child around the same age, a daughter as well. If something like that were to happen to me and my child went missing, I don't know what I would do. We wanted to do something to honor her memory and give her a legacy of something positive. The group released pink balloons in honor of Evelyn and also made a birthday cake for her and sang happy birthday. Megan Boswell, Evelyn's mother, is sitting in jail and she is scheduled to appear in court on December 3rd, where she has 19 counts of a whole heck of a lot of things. 
Now also one of the things that this Evelyn's Army group did was they made comfort kits for authorities to hand out to children who are kids of domestic abuse. Now let's talk about Suzanne Morphew. There is an annual Christmas tree decorating event in Salida at the Riverside Park and community members who knew Suzanne from a local hair salon decorated a tree for Suzanne with over 200 ornaments. One of the persons said, we also believe that we still have to keep her name out there, so we're going to continue to do whatever is asked of us and whatever we decide is going to help keep her name out there. Another person said, we just took pictures, we made angels, snowflakes, and we just did all kinds of things. Now these trees are going to be lit today, Friday, November 27th, and the ladies who put this tree together is also welcoming others to put additional ornaments on there as well. And I will have some links below. The Factory Salon and Body Works in Salida is the name of the salon, and they are also raising donations for a brick to be placed at a new skate park to also remind people that Suzanne is still missing. And so I will put that again in the description below. Also, we have Tyson Draper from the Draper Brothers out in Salida and Maysville. And also we have Gonzo from Real Gone Adventure Media. And they are out there in the snow looking still for Suzanne. And they're doing some important work. So hopefully we're all gonna be working together and figuring out where the heck she is and as I said numerous times, it's time for Suzanne to come home. Let me know in the comments below your thoughts. If you have some new updates that I'm not aware of, you are welcome to also put them in the comments below. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Don't forget to share this video and also give it a like. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.